Learn how to build your faith in God's word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the senior pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's word to work for you. Glory to God. All right, we, we started um, a series last week titled Pulling the Plug. Pulling the Plug. And um, that, series, that, that series is centered around the fact that we are pulling the plug on anxiety, depression, and fear. Anxiety, depression, and fear. So um, we are actually pulling the plug on whatever is making us anxious, whatever is making us worry. Praise God. And we did it, um, you know, uh, some people don't know why this thing. Praise God. Okay. Thank you. So, And what we saw, we did a poll, for those that were not here um, last Sunday, we did a poll, um, we asked everybody in church, in all the services actually, to, um, to, do a, to text in the things that give them anxiety, things that cause them to worry or fear. And these were the things that people sent. And the bigger ones are the ones that more people sent. So the more people that post a certain thing, a word, it gets bigger on the screen. So we can see from that survey, from that poll, what was the thing that people worry most about? I can't hear you. What is the thing that people worry most about? Money. Money. Now, of course, we know that there are other things. You can see there are a lot of other things. Um, there's purpose, there's marriage, there's future, there's Nigeria, there's family, you know, um, other things there. But you notice that money was the biggest Money was the biggest. And it tallied so much with what Jesus himself said. Because when Jesus was going to speak about the need for us not to worry, the main example he used was money. Now, he knows that we worry about many other things, but the main thing most people will worry about somehow is still going to be tied to money. So, it's, it's, it's in line with what Jesus himself said. And that's why sometimes... You know, I laugh at the world and the devil when he tries to criticize pastors for preaching about money. (laughs) It's it's obvious. If most of the people in church are worried about money, then we should speak about their worry. We should share God's mind and God's heart about whatever is bothering them. Praise God. So let's go into the scripture, Matthew 6. It says, just Christ said, the text scripture where he said, Therefore, I say unto you, what? Take no thought for your life. Take no thought for... I mean, he's saying, look, don't worry about your life. Can you imagine that? That is such a big request, a big demand, a big instruction. He said, don't worry about your life. Most human beings I know spend the whole of their lives worrying about their life. And now here is God saying that don't even worry about your life. Don't worry. Take no thought. Now, he, he said, don't even, don't even think about it. Don't, don't, don't spend one inch of worry about your life. Hallelujah. Why did he say not to worry? 
Why is God saying we should not worry? Number one, like I said, worry is an insult to God's ability to provide for us. When you worry, you're saying that, God, I don't believe you can do what you said you would do. So that's the first thing. You're insulting this person. The second problem about worry is that it will also affect you in your, your health. You know, I said in the first service, interestingly, after the first service, I spoke to one of my guys that was seriously ill. Seriously ill. He had to go to about five hospitals, specialists and everything. And when they finished all the diagnosis and all the tests, they said, nothing is wrong with you except anxiety. As in he has lost weight. He couldn't, church guys were in his house praying and everything. He couldn't even walk. He couldn't walk. He had lost weight. He was slim. And he said, after all the five hospitals and all the tests and everything, that he couldn't find another thing. The doctor just told him, it's anxiety, it's stress, it's worry. So, number one, when you worry, you insult God's ability to provide. Number two, when you worry, it affects your health. And the third reason why God says you don't worry is because when you worry, when you are anxious, you will take what doesn't belong to you. You will miss out on God's best for you. When you are anxious, you just want to grab whatever you see. If you're anxious, you're not bothered about whether something is God's best for you or God's will for you. You just want to grab it. Out of anxiety, most times you will miss God's best. When lady can't wait for God's best to come in marriage, she marries anybody. That's this why you work. Just marry anybody. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? There are a lot of people today that are outside the country. They rushed out out of anxiety. Now they are suffering where they are. I can give you stories upon stories. Anxiety. It makes you just do things you're not supposed to do, and then you get the worst out of life instead of the best out of life. Take no thought for your life. Let me tell you about take no thought for your life. Take no thought. Now, in this example, Jesus used money, provision, what you eat, what you drink. But we all know that our needs are not solely tied to money. But God is saying, look, whatever is the thing that can cause you anxiety, it's probably on this list here. Whatever it is that can cause you anxiety, whatever it is that can make you to worry about your future. Will I still have a job tomorrow? Um, will I find a job tomorrow? Will I find a husband and a wife tomorrow? Will I have children? Will the children have sense when they grow? You know? <laughs> You'll be amazed at the things that worry if different people. Different people have different things that worry them or that make them to worry. Some people, it's, it's, it's their leg. Say, it's a half K leg. What's wrong? Every day she looks in the mirror and says, Look, can you imagine? This dress would have been finer if not for this, my K leg. That was some people's worry. And it's a serious thing. Some people, it's the big pimple on their nose. Say, which kind of pimple is this one? Now, why am I breaking out? What's wrong? And it's a big anxiety. <laughs> Praise God. We can worry about a million and one things, but God is saying, Look, don't worry because I got you. I got you. He said, casting all your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. The reason why you should not care about your life is because somebody actually cares for you. And he will do a better job of caring for you than you would ever do caring for yourself. Hallelujah. In Psalm 145, verse 16, he said, He opens his hands and satisfies the desire of every living thing. It doesn't matter what you desire. They say God has the capacity and capability of actually meeting that need. He said, He opens his hands 
and satisfies the desire of what? Every. So it doesn't matter what is troubling you. God has the capacity to meet that need. He can meet that need. And in this life, there will be many reasons to worry. But God saying, don't worry because I am here. I'm able to take care of you. Worry is a sin. Like I said last week, worry is a sin. A sin is anytime you are doing something God asked you not to do. So how do we deal with the worry? Like I said, I'll still take one Sunday and talk about money on its own. But we are dealing with general worry first. General things that are troubling us. So let's look at the first way God said we should deal with it. Philippians 4 verse 6. Philippians 4 verse 6. Give me the, the one we read in the first half. It's good. It says, do not what? I can't hear you. Let's read together. Everybody, one, two, go. One more time. He said, do not be anxious about anything. Look, you have no legitimate right to be anxious about anything. doesn't matter what it is. Some people love worry so much. They've spent their whole life as champion warriors. They are the title holder, defending champion, heavyweight warrior of Nigeria. Look, it doesn't matter how long you've, you have been used to worrying about your life. You need to learn to cast your cares upon the Lord. You will rob yourself of God's best by being a warrior. He said, be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything at all. Anything. Say, even my husband, yes, don't worry about him. Even my wife, don't worry about him. Even my children, don't worry about them. Even my job, don't worry about it. Even my future, don't worry about it. Say, take no thought for your life. If you can dare to obey God, you will see his blessings on the other side of obedience. Many people have never seen God's blessings because they've never obeyed him fully. Never. Throughout their life, they've never obeyed God fully. They've always run their own lives. They've always lived their own lives. Listen, you can live your life and you might think you are happy with the results you are getting. Just that you don't know what's on the other side of obeying God. Somebody getting what I'm saying? Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known. So, the first thing God said we should do about worry or about anxiety is to pray about the issue worrying you. Pray about it. Now, that sentence looks very simple, but it's because they are, ready, they are talking based on the platform that you understand what prayer is. Prayer is not just bringing your complaints to God. If you notice, they, they differentiated between the two. They said prayer and petition because... Petition is a kind of prayer, but petition is not the only kind of prayer. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So anytime you see the Bible talking um, something that looks like the same in the same scripture, look at it closely. Most times, it's not the same thing they are saying. They just look alike. I gave the example in the first service when the Bible says, God will never leave you nor forsake you. It looks like the same thing, that he won't leave me, he won't forsake They are not the same. One is leaving you in terms of leaving you. The other one is forsaking you. It's a hard thing. So somebody can be with you physically and has forsaken you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Meanwhile, there's somebody that might not be with you physically, but he's connected to you wherever he is. Somebody gets what I'm saying? 
So when they say, I will never leave you and forsake you, they're not the same thing. Many ladies know this. There are some men that are with you, but they've left you. Or they are forsaking you. He's dating you, then he invites you for his own wedding. <laughs> he was with you, but he has forsaken you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So the point is this. They, they mentioned by prayer and petition. Prayer is talking about a time of fellowshipping with the Lord. It's not necessarily making a request. Petition is the one that is request. But that's not all there is about prayer. So when people usually talk about prayer, prayer, they, they just talk about, they think you're just coming to ask God for something. No, God wants a relationship. Look, your, your real blessings are hidden in the relationship you have with God. In fact, the power of your petitioning is based on the power of your relationship with God. And I told them in the first service, it's like you going to a bank and said, I hear that people will give loan in this bank. They say, yes, we have, we have, we have facilities to assist um, small businesses and even big businesses in loans and uh, other ways. You know, I said, people, give me loan this week now, please. What's the first thing they are going to ask you? The person you're talking to. Eh? They have said, do you have an account here? Do you, are you, I mean, do we have any relationship with you first? And if you don't have an account, the first thing they say you're going to do is to go and open what? An account. So that's how it is when you can't get the benefits. If the bank says we give loans or you go to the, that same bank, you've never been there before in your life, you don't even have any, I can just go and say, I hear that you guys give interest. They say, yes, we give interest to people that have fixed deposit or other investment instruments in our bank. They say, please find me some more interest this week now. You see, even though they say that they give interest, it is based on what? A certain relationship. That's how everything in the Bible is. It's not for the person that is not working with God. It's, it's on the premise and on the assumption that you have a relationship with God. That's when all the other things that are promised work. That's why it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything shall be what? Added. Everything is on the basis of that relationship that exists. So when you come to God in prayer, what God is saying is that, look, if you have a, relation, a real relationship with me, not just that you come and complain to me every day, you have a real relationship with me, look, whatever it is you are, you are, that is troubling you, I will take it from you. you. You bring it to God in prayer. That's the first thing he says you should do. Come to him. Come to him with that issue. Come to him with that thing that is worrying you. If you are worried about your kids, pray about them. If you are worried about your job, pray about it. If you are worried about your finances, pray about it. And there are three things that happen whenever you come to God with your request. Three things happen. We'll look at it quickly. Next verse, verse 7. It says, when you pray, what they say will happen here? And the peace of God. And the peace of God. And the peace of God. The moment you pray, the first thing God gives you is peace. That's the first thing God gives you. The reason why many people are not enjoying God is that they think that the moment they pray, the first thing God gives them is the answer. That's magic. God doesn't do magic. Are you here, somebody? God doesn't do magic, guys. The first thing he will give you is peace. Because if you have anxiety, remember verse 6, you were in anxiety and you are praying about something, the first thing you need is to remove the anxiety. So God gives you peace. He said, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds where? 
in Christ. So you see, see in Christ Jesus, they were assuming you are already in Christ. You are not just a passerby that just wants to use God like a champ. You want to use God like Juju. You just want to use God. God, do it for me. Do it for me like your errand boy. That's not what they're saying. In Christ, you already have a relationship with God. You're already working with God. You're already building something with God. Then an issue comes up that is worrying you. Then you come and make your request known. They said he will give you peace that will guard your heart and mind. Peace that doesn't make sense. That word in by transcends all understanding. So it's a supernatural peace. What they are saying is this. That peace is only got in the place of prayer. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That peace comes when you make a connection with God. God gives you a deposit to show that your request has been processed. It's like when you order something online. The thing doesn't get to you that minute you order it. But they give you a receipt to show that the transaction has what? gone through and your product is on its way to you. And most times they even give you a tracking code. Am I correct? You've not gotten it, but they tell, look, it's on its way. And see, the moment you get that um, notification that it's on its way, you get peace about that issue. You don't have it, you just have peace that the issue is on its way to you. That's how you know if you have made a connection in prayer. If you come out of prayer, you're still worried you, 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 you didn't make the connection. If you come out in prayer and you are still talking about the problem, then you've not made a connection. Anytime you've made a connection in prayer, you go out with peace. And the peace doesn't make sense. Because everybody is still panicking for you. Why are you not panicking? See the way Nigeria is, you're just relaxed. See the way things are going, you're just relaxed. See the way the business is going, you're just relaxed. Because that peace is not normal. It's supernatural. Everybody's wondering, why are you so peaceful? Why are you so calm? My wife asks me that all the time. Sometimes she will give me some very powerful news that normally she will make me ginger and worry. I was okay, I've heard. She'll be like, this is all you're going to say? I say, yeah. Not going to worry about it one bit. She's like, ah, I thought you. I said, no. I don't even have emotion to give everything going on. No. I'm not going to worry about anything. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? <laughs> I learned that from Kenny Higgin. Kenegan was like that, so he never worried about anything. So his wife, too, was very angry. Like, you don't worry about anything. He said, no. The wife said, if me and the children drop dead now and just die, you, so you won't worry. He said, you're already dead. What would be the use of worrying then? I said, you are dead. Why am I worrying? Because Jesus himself said, by worrying, how many of you can add a cubit of flesh? Your worry is not going to add anything. So if you love your worry so much, you, you, you'll be paying you to, take, to, to anybody to take your worry from you. It's your hobby. It's what you love to do. It's what keeps you company. In fact, you feel bad when you don't worry. You need to retrain yourself. Worry is a sin. You need to know that. Worry is disobedience to God. Because God doesn't want you to worry. Worry is an insult on God's ability to provide. Worry affects your health. I mean, if you are getting old, if you are already 35 and above, then you must take care of your health. Is somebody getting this? It gives you peace. Oh, man. I mean, people, this, is the same peace that made Jesus sleep in a boat that looked like it was going to drown? And the disciples were so upset. They say, care not that we perish. Don't you care, this man? You are too wicked. How are you sleeping in a boat that is about to sink? He had supernatural peace. He said, oh, Joe Biden has won. Donald Trump has lost. It doesn't matter who is there. I have peace. 2023 election coming to Nigeria. It doesn't matter. I have peace. We'll do what we can do, but I'm not going to worry, touch it in my thought life. Take no thought. Say, so don't worry about it. Your worrying won't change anything anyway. 
The Bible says worry is like sitting on a rocking chair. You are doing so much activity, but you are not going anywhere. That's what worry is. Why are you worrying? Worry will make you do the wrong things, make you make the wrong moves. Anxiety. So peace is the first thing that happens when you bring your request to God. When you come into the place of prayer, into the place of fellowship with God, peace is the first thing God gives you. Oh, man. And that's the best part because it takes care of the anxiety immediately when you have peace. Peace is the antidote for anxiety. And that peace is not natural peace. The Bible never promises natural peace of mind. No. In fact, Jesus Christ said, in this world, ah, he said there will be trouble. Is somebody get what I'm saying? He said, in this world, there will be what? Trouble, there will be tribulation. So, what we are talking about is not natural peace. There will be, see, let me just break your heart in case you are still here. There will be no time that there will be world peace. It won't happen. It won't happen. The police brutality by dealing with Nigeria, I hope you know they are dealing with it also in America. I mean, you, know what, you don't watch news. It was not two months ago they put neck um, knee on somebody's neck and killed him in broad daylight. In broad daylight. On record. And almost got away with it. So some of you think if I just travel, I'll be fine. Woo! <laughs> I laugh in Spanish for you. There's nothing like world peace. It's not going to happen. How many people plan pandemic? It's not the country level of not the that is affected more than here. It's not here, no better now. A lot of people are hiding here. It's worse there. The place we all want to run to. It's worse there. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying, guys. There will be no time. There will be to- you can even be in the midst of abundance and be broke. Ah, it's not everybody abroad that is living well. They have, they have homeless people. Some of you have traveled now. They have homeless people. They have people to... <laughs> they have hustlers. Because so. some people think if you just travel, everything will be fine. No. You will still be attacked by worry. So you have to learn now how to trust God. So prayer, when you come to prayer... He said the first thing that God gives you is peace. Second thing that God gives you in that place of prayer. Go to this, um, Psalms now that we read, Psalm 16. Psalm 16. He said, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of what? Joy. So when you come into God's presence in the place of prayer, especially concerning what is worrying you or troubling you. The next thing God, after he gives you peace, because without peace, you can't get this next one. If you don't have peace, your mind will still be running up and down. you still be hustling. you still be afraid, anxious. So you can't get the next one. But when he gives you peace, the next thing he will give you, and it might not be on the same day. It might be one week after, two months after, whatever. The next thing he gives you is direction. He said, thou will show me the path of what? Life. So you have asked for something. God is not a magician. The thing is already around on this earth. God will have to direct you to get it. So after he gives you peace, the next thing he gives you is direction. When you make connection with God in prayer, he begins to guide you. You see, in the place of prayer, it's not what you are saying that is important. It's what God is saying that is important. Some people place the emphasis on prayer on what they have to tell God. They say, God, let me just tell you. No, let you, don't let me tell you my mind. Guess what? He knows what is in your mind. In fact, the Bible says that your father knows that you have need of these things. When you understand that your prayer life will change, you won't come to God as if you are the one convincing him. Some people come to God as if they want to convince God to bless them. You are joking. He knows that you. He said, your father, bring that scripture from him if you can. He said, hey, for all these things the Gentiles seek, he said, for your heavenly father, Matthew 6, 32, your heavenly father knoweth that you have what? Need. These things. 
So in the place of prayer, what you are telling him is not as important as what he has to tell you. From now on, your hunger and desire in the place of prayer should be about him telling you. That's why I'm saying that this whole thing is based on the relationship. It's not, God is not your caloc, he's not your errand boy. Just say, God, do it, God, do it. I want you now, do it. If you don't answer me before the end of this year, you will see my true color. He has already seen your true color. You are not interested in a relationship. You just see a user. You're a user, and God doesn't bless users. God doesn't bless opportunists. Are you here, somebody? More interested in what he has to say. He even told the Pharisees and the people then, he said, don't be like the, 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 the Gentiles that think that by their much talking, God, they will, God will hear them. You know that people that pray like that? So much repetition. Oh, God, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Who are you praying to? Are you sure he's my father? Are you sure he's my father? Have you seen rich people talk before? And God is, God is bigger than the rich people, but have you seen rich people talk? Have you seen rich people? The Bible says it that a rich man, you know, speaks gently. He said, but the poor man, you know, is always begging. So, if you see how, have you seen a rich boy beg his father? The way they talk, say, Dad, this my car is bad. It's an embarrassment to you. I don't like parking in this house again. I see the noise he's making, and he's bringing out fumes. No, he's not talking. You know, hey, God. It's calmly. 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 <laughs> Look at it. He say, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the hidden do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. They think if I bombard God, oh God, do it. Oh God, do it. Oh God, do it. No, no. We don't talk to our father like that. We don't talk to our father. He, he loves you more than you love yourself. He even wants to do it more than you want him to do it. He has heard you. Imagine, imagine if my son comes to me and says, Daddy, um, I want biscuits. I said, okay, I've heard. Uh, let me tell you where to go. And maybe I'm lying down, I'm busy. I want to tell him where he can find the biscuit in the house. I said, let me tell you. He said, Daddy, I want biscuit. I said, I've heard you, David. I want to, Daddy, I want that biscuit, 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 biscuit. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait till he stops talking. I know what many, many of us do in prayer. As we do, biscuit, 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 biscuit. After we, do, we have so much faith in that crying. I see some people thinking if, they, if I cry, God will see me. God will see my tears. He's not trying to see your tears. Whether you shed tears or not, you must still wait for him to tell you where the biscuit is. Has nothing to do with your tears. And after the shout, biscuit, if he doesn't stop and allow me to talk, you know what many people do? After the shout, biscuit, biscuit, say in Jesus' name. And before God says, and so they just say, I'm, I'm going. You don't go want to give me the biscuit. That's what many people do, and they say they pray every day. Every time you make connection with God in prayer, you must come out of there with peace. You can't come out and still be anxious. Then you didn't make connection. And, you must, and after a while, you must come out with direction of this is what to do. He will, what he has to say is more important. And I, like I explained in the first service, sometimes God gives you the wisdom and says, go and start this business or look at this gift you have. Is there a way you can use it? Or apply in that place. Call that man. Call John. Call that your uncle you've not spoken to in a while. Go and visit. Sometimes he tells you what to do. Some other times, he guides you. He leads you. So there are many of you here, you are in your blessing. You, you, you just think God didn't have a part to do with it. But he's the one that positioned you where you saw that invitation. 
He's the one that allowed you scroll to where you saw the person that put the vacancy. Or you remember to call your friend. Or you ran into your friend and your friend told you that, ah, we are employing you, we're looking for you. You think all that was coincidence. In the Hebrew language, which was God's original language that he spoke to people in at the beginning, there's no word like coincidence. It doesn't even exist. Because they know that there's no coincidence in this life. If somebody get what I'm saying? Let me use you. Come. So, either he tells you, imagine that I want to give him my white handkerchief that is on my, on that pulpit. Sometimes, God will speak to you and say, hey son, you need a white handkerchief. Um, it's on that pulpit. Go there and get it. Go. So, in some cases, he tells you what to do. So, it's in those cases, it's usually a bit obvious to you that it was God. In some other cases, keep the handkerchief. <laughs> he just take my handkerchief. You never know what he had. In some other cases, he will lead you. When he's leading you, even you don't know why some things are happening. So he will say, follow me. He will come and stand here. Say, join DCC. Say, but I don't even like that church. Say, shut up. <laughs> Just stay here. They'll say, follow me. Come this way. He said, ah, they took so long in packing my car. I'm so annoyed. They wasted my time. Go say, join traffic department. <laughs> and help them solve the problem. He said, but I don't even like the sa-. He said, shut up. He'll move you here. So you don't even know why. You don't know why. Then one day he'll move you here. You don't know why. You, 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 you. The boy that is presently dating you will jilt you. And you'll be crying. You don't know why. You'll move you here. You wanted to apply for permanent residence in one country. They, they accept you. You don't know why. You turn here. Then finally one day you'll get here. By circumstances. And you've been looking for white handkerchief. And maybe you get here. Look down. What do you see? And you say, ah, I just, by chance, found white handkerchief. No. It wasn't your smartness. It was never your smartness. <laughs> this is why a lot of blessed people are not grateful. Because they thought it was their hard work. They don't realize that a lot of people worked harder than them. And didn't get there. They would think it was their hard work. There are some things you can't get in in this life by hard work. You have to only get there if God wants you to get there. And different circumstances will happen that will look like coincidences. You will lose a job. You say, why did I lose a job? God wanted to show you there's something else. So you get to the stage of your life where you don't assume anything is a coincidence. Even when something that looks bad is happening, you realize that God is able to bring good even out of that thing. Somebody get what I'm saying? Don't ever, don't ever be in despair, even when something bad happens. It's a temporary thing. God said, all things work together for good for them that love God. Hallelujah. For a child of God, there's no disadvantage. Are you here, somebody? Did you bring that scripture for me? Romans 8. Say, all things. How many things? The boy that Jesus said is because there's somebody better ahead. The job you lost, there's something better ahead. If you can believe it. Most times you are too busy crying over the one you lost, then you miss the one ahead. Look at here. He said, and we know. Come on, say we know. No, say it well. Say we know. Do you imagine? They didn't say we think. They didn't say we assume. They didn't say we believe. They said we know. 
That what? All things. That means all the things, they are cooperating together. They are working, they are, they are on a team. Oh, somebody's not getting what I'm saying. He said they are working together for good, not for bad, for good to them that what? See the challenge. He's talking about, again, a relationship. Not, God is not your errand boy. For them that love God and who are called according to his word. So when you're working with God, you, you can never walk backwards. You never walk alone. Better than Liverpool. Somebody get in this. So God either gives you the instructions or he just guides you. But basically, he provides direction. That's the second thing that happens. I shared the story in the first service of a couple that, that met at our London Loved It in a Marriage seminar that we had. And they met there and they're married today. One year, exactly one year after. It was exactly this time last year that we had the seminar in London. And they met there and they're married now. Hallelujah. That's, that's the picture of them. They're married now. And I was telling them in the first service, if you are in this church and, you, and you're active on social media and you don't follow me, you are very weird. Very weird. <laughs> okay, so, they, they, if you, I, I can't share the story now, but basically, if you see all the miracles God had to do, to them it seemed like normal incidences until they got to the end and found out it was God all along. The girl said she saw my video. She has been born again for over 15 or 17 years. She saw my video on YouTube for the first time just like two or three weeks to the program in London. She just saw this person preaching on YouTube. I said, I like this guy's preaching. And she Googled my name. And she said she was not even on Instagram then. And he took her to Instagram, my Instagram handle. And the page she saw, among all my thousands of posts I, I put up, the page she saw was the page I was advertising the London program. All that, does it look like coincidence to you? No. Why did she see my video at that time? Why was it the advert for London? Why she's in London that she saw at that time? And she said she was going to go for the program. The same thing with the guy. He too saw my program just weeks before. He said he was going to go. The guy normally likes to drive when he goes to a far place out of his neighborhood. But that day he drove and got to the train station and he suddenly felt like parking his car and entering train. He said he never does it. He drives everywhere. So it looks like just coincidences, but there's no coincidence with God. He parked his car, entered the train, and took the train. When he landed in the place, he put the, the nearest um, station to the venue. He put on GPS the venue of the program, and the thing took him to one um, dead-end road near a bridge. That was a seaside, dead-end road. And while he was there, he also saw the girl. The girl did the same thing. She put in the GPS, and he took her to the same place. Only two of them. <laughs> in a dead-end. And she just asked, oh, are you going for Pastor Kingsley's program? I said, yes. So they both started looking for the place together. Baseline, they found the place, um, attended the program. They didn't even sit together. So they didn't see themselves again till the program ended. After the program, was on his way out, there were three or four ladies by the door. So he greeted them as he was going. While he was going, he caught him that he didn't greet one of the ladies that was, her head was bowed down. She was doing something in her back. So she just, he just felt, it's not fair that he greeted everybody, he didn't greet her. So he went back. Because sometimes God doesn't tell you why he's doing what he's doing. He doesn't owe you explanation. Do you understand? He went back and greeted her. That, oh, I didn't greet you earlier. As he greeted her, the girl looked up. He said, I was the same girl he met earlier. I said, oh, it's you. Say yes. Are you going? Say yes. Are you too ready to go? Yes. So let's go. So he said if he had driven, number one, he wouldn't have to walk with her. And he wouldn't have even met her in the first place. So they both walked and they were going the same direction. The train was going the same direction. 
So they had a lot of time to talk. Baseline. <laughs> they became close friends, got into a relationship, did six months counseling, and it is exactly one year after they are married. As in, <laughs> they... <laughs> Hallelujah. They met and were married in exactly one year. Everything, plus six months counseling inside. See, God doesn't need long time. Don't help God be thinking about how long it will take. In one year, eh? God can totally turn everything concerning your life around. In one year. Are you here, somebody? But just don't worry. Let him guide you. Connect with him. So, number one, he gives you a deposit of peace. If you don't have it, then go back to prayer. Number two, he gives you direction. Number three, he gives you joy. He said, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. You will have joy. People will know why you're excited. Everything looks bad. But you are not depressed. You are happy because you, you now have the wisdom of how you get the thing. He said, bring it with thanksgiving. And I will close by saying this. I will close by saying this. Go back to Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, don't be anxious for anything, but by prayer and petition, when you bring your request, when you bring your request, he said, bring it with thanksgiving. Why are you bringing it with thanksgiving? You are bringing it with thanksgiving because you know you are not taking the problem back. Many people, when they pray, as they bring the prayer and present it to God, when they finish praying, they carry it back. So they're finished praying, but they're still complaining. That means you're still holding on to the problem. If after you come out of the place of prayer, you're still worried, then you never drop the problem. When you come to prayer, you should drop the problem. Then you have nothing to worry about. You have no care in your life. If you're still holding on the worry, then you didn't drop it with God. He said, casting all your cares. Is somebody getting this? My, uh, listen, bring that. Or bring, bring your bag. Is that your bag? Yes, bring it. This bag is the burden he has in his life. I am God. So he comes in prayer and gives it to me. So he has made his request. For many people, when they finish praying, they take it back and go. So you, that's why they're still worrying after they prayed. They, what, the idea is that when you pray, you're supposed to give it to God and go. Go, be going. Is there money inside? Why are you worrying inside? Now, does he have anything to worry about? No, he has dropped it here. So if you are still worrying, then you have not prayed yet. Go, go stay there till you are ready to drop it. You know what he said in 1 Peter 5? He said, casting all. You know what casting means? Are you ready to catch this thing? Look at it. Casting. Catch it. Look, there's nothing breakable there. They say casting, not collecting. <laughs> I want to cast it to you. Ready to catch it to For your own good. Casting all your cares. Upon him, for he what? Cares. Cast it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you ready this morning to cast your cares upon the Lord? It can be anything. It can be your husband, your wife, your children, your money, your business. Anything that is worrying you, you can drop it and say, Father, look, I hand over this thing to you. It doesn't mean you are going to be irresponsible. No, God is going to supply you the wisdom for what you will do. Prayer doesn't mean you will not take action. I don't know where people get that idea from. No. You will take action. The difference is that you are taking instructed actions, guided actions, from a place of victory and peace, not from a place of panic and fear. Thank you, Jesus. Do you want to present some requests to him today? And you won't take it back after today. Can we rise to our feet for one minute? Thank you, Jesus. 
take one minute and just talk to your father this morning. If there's anything that has been worrying you, troubling your heart, giving you concern, Lord, we make our request known today. Come and pray. Come and pray this morning. Come and pray this morning. Lord, we present all our requests today. All our worries, all our pain, all our concern. Come and make your request known. You are before the person that can solve all problems. He opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. Go ahead and pray this morning. And don't forget, while, while we know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080 or 080-777-144-12 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org David's Christian Center Home of Victorious People